Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high rise or low rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Hello, welcome to Mom Jeans. Today's episode is going to tackle exercise. Woohoo! Which I know usually brings up images of Jane Fonda and leg warmers or feeling like you are sweating at the gym with some young buff personal trainer screaming in your face. So we're going to try to talk about exercise today in a way that makes you think, hmm, doesn't sound so bad after all. And we're going to do this by hitting on a couple different things. The bottom line is how do you find the motivation to exercise? And so since we are such a body accepting podcast, we're going to give you three things to focus on that have nothing to do with your weight so you can develop a great relationship with movement. We're going to talk about strengthening your mom mind, your mom bod, and your mom bonds. So in order to do this, you have to shift your focus. The biggest way to develop a balanced relationship with exercise or movement, like we like to call it, is shifting your focus from obligatory weight loss based exercise to moving your body in a variety of ways for a variety of reasons. In fact, statistics show that those that exercise to lose weight or to engage in short term weight change typically tend to not engage in exercise for a long period of time. This is because they are setting goals that are rigid and not with an exercise they enjoy. So when we can focus on exercise as a form of fun and benefit to our lives versus a change in our weight, our body shape and size, then we can actually have the ability to incorporate it into our lifestyle for the long run. Tina, share with us how exercise fits into the intuitive eating principles that we've shared with our listeners in the past. I would love to. Hello, everyone. It's Tina. So I'm going to touch on intuitive eating and exercise. And so when we think about intuitive eating, exercise is actually the ninth principle, which means that we really have to be able to learn how to challenge the diet mentality, make peace with food, learn connection to our bodies before exercise can really even be brought into the picture here. And I feel like with a lot of people that sounds frustrating or daunting, What I'm not saying is that you can't incorporate exercise until you really heal all those other angles, but I really want to make sure that you're healing your judgments around food and improving the connection to your body so that when we are exercising, we know that we're doing it for the right reasons of self-care versus the reason to change your body and lose weight. So the principle is called exercise, feel the difference, and I'm going to explain a little bit more about what that means. It means that you are shifting your focus on how to exercise is feeling in your body versus what it is doing to your body. So we want to really tune into how does this feel? Is it fun? Do I actually like doing it? And I think that's hard for the diet culture that we live in today. 
So if we can shift the focus, then we can find ourselves engaging in movement that we actually enjoy, that we may find that we're more motivated to engage in exercise and that it actually provides the benefits of self-care. If we find that we're exercising because we're trying to change our bodies, then we may have to set limits and goals and those may really feel unachievable and eventually fade away, which then fuels the all or nothing thinking around exercise and that just all sounds terrible. So your body is happy when you are listening to its cues. If we can shift the focus and tune into what our body is actually asking for versus engaging in that obligatory uh, exercise that Rachel was talking about, then we may find that exercise can be a part of our life as a helpful tool. We also want to take a moment to acknowledge that exercise can be an additional challenge and a huge source of body shame for many in larger bodies. The thought of walking into a fitness studio or gym in a body that has been marginalized can be highly intimidating because organizations can often be a source of judgment. Gym memberships often come with an intro session with a personal trainer who will weigh people and help them quote unquote set goals, which are often weight loss related. This could be a source of discomfort and an issue where people struggle to set the boundary of, I don't want to participate in that type of assessment. Many people avoid the gym for this reason. This is another way where weight stigma is harmful and leads to health risks because like we will talk about today, movement has great benefits, but it's actually weight stigma, not the weight itself, that has the health risks and can keep people from accessing certain resources. In fact, one of the key principles of the size diversity movement is life-enhancing movement, which is defined by support physical activities that allow people of all sizes, abilities, and interests to engage in enjoyable movement to the degree that they choose. So Tina and I just wanted to throw that out there because we understand that our thin privilege allows us to talk about exercise in a much more free way than many people in larger bodies where they feel like talking about exercise and participating in exercise just comes with a whole nother set of judgment. So let's go into our first benefit of exercise, and that is to strengthen the mom mind. Obviously, as a therapist, I care a lot about mental health. And exercise is shown to improve mental health because during exercise, your body releases chemicals that can improve your mood. Regular exercise can impact the serotonin levels in your brain. Raising your levels of serotonin helps your mood improve, and gives you an overall sense of well-being, which can reduce stress and reduce depression. It can also improve your appetite and your sleep cycles, which are often negatively affected by depression. These chemicals can also improve your self-confidence, which can help with your ability to engage in your coping skills, to be more social, and to practice more self-care. In fact, studies show that aerobic workouts are positively associated in treating depression. This is because aerobic exercise elevates your heart rate, which actually improves circulation in your brain. This helps promote healthy brain function and balanced brain chemistry. So overall, exercise in your brain can have a really great relationship. Yeah, recent research shows that by engaging in an hour of walking a day can reduce the risk of depression by 26%. Now, I I want a disclaimer here. I'm not saying go out and you have to start walking every day for an hour because we all have lives and that just may be completely unrealistic. And uh, if you're on medication for depression, don't just stop taking it and be like, I'm going to walk instead. 
Um, but what we're trying to say is that engaging in gentle movement can assist in improving your mood. And there's actually research to back that. Um, research also shows that it's a moderate amount of exercise can provide these benefits above. We do not need to engage in intense physical activity to reap these benefits. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, cool, because I really like to walk and I don't always feel like engaging in intense activity. Very rarely do I feel like engaging in intense activity. Or, hey, I feel like stretching today, and that is gentle movement that my body is requesting. I think those are great examples because what I also find as a mama, that movement for me could mean kicking the soccer ball in the backyard, playing Nerf gun wars, playing hide and seek at the playground. These aren't quote unquote exercises, but they are because they are moving my body and they're releasing all the feel good endorphins in my brain and helping with my mood, helping with my mindfulness, balancing my brain chemistry, and also getting my heart rate going, which has multiple benefits. And you were with your family and you were having fun, which is amazing. Right. So strengthening your mom mind can come from a workout at the gym. It can come from playing high and go seek at the playground. It can come from a walk on the beach. Just know that getting out and moving your body does have great benefits on your brain. Does it count that uh, I went to the gym, dropped my kid off at the daycare there and went and sat in the hot tub? Uh for sure. I'm sure we can find some research Sweet. on hot okay, water's good. impact <laughs> on your brain chemistry. <laughs> cool. Uh, benefit two is strengthening the mom bod. Now, look, people, we're not saying that we're wanting you all to be ripped uh, and jacked muscular ladies. Not saying that. But we are saying that you can strengthen different parts of your body. Areas you can strengthen are the pelvic floor. The diastasis recti, which is your abdominal wall, uh, your stamina, and muscle strength. So really, to be honest, I did not know pelvic floor therapy even existed until I had a baby. And if you are a new mama or a mama that is pregnant, I would highly recommend going to a pelvic floor therapist just to get checked. This has literally changed my life. It is super important that with all the changes to our body after having the baby or with breastfeeding or with not being as active as you once were uh, pre-baby, uh, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and engaging in that self-care. Self-care can mean that you are taking some time off from movement until you feel ready to incorporate this again, or it can really mean that you are noticing some back pain and that doing some gentle strength can assist in that discomfort. I know that for myself, I had to make a large adjustment in my movement. I was a part of a running club that I really, really loved. And right now, honestly, it just doesn't work with my schedule. I've struggled finding other activities to do because the running club was such a big part of my life. But I find that I am being gentle with myself that and that it takes time to find really what works for me and what works for my family. And that's just my life right now. And I I'm working on accepting it. We're also going to chat a little bit more in future episodes about 
um, your belly and pelvic floor and things along those lines. So I know we really just kind of threw um, those strengths out there, but um, we will touch on it at some point. But for me, I had a massive diactasis recti and it was you know, four fingers wide, huge, huge divide. And it was um, taken care of in the pelvic floor therapist. And she taught me some exercises and gentle strength that I could do to really heal that. And it really opened my eyes to um, exercise being a whole self-care angle because it wasn't intense. I was laying in my bed breathing or I was sitting on the floor doing really mindful focused breaths that involved my belly and pelvic floor. So throwing that out there for all those mamas um, that these types of strength really are gentle, not intense. I also like the focus on changing your body internally and strengthening your internal mom bod. My story is that I don't love to run. And I finally got to the point where I decided that I wanted to develop a positive, moderate relationship with jogging and running so that I could make sure that my stamina could keep up with my children. This came after being in a situation where we had a little bit of a family emergency and I needed to literally run to the car to get help. And I literally could barely make it on the path that we were hiking to the car because I didn't like to run. And it was a good half mile that I had to sprint. And that's when it really hit me that running has got some interesting benefits as far as my stamina. And I want to make sure that I have the energy to keep up with my kids. So I will never be the person who will run a marathon. I have no desire to, but I've had fun setting some goals and running a 5K, doing the turkey trot with my family every Thanksgiving, and just being able to participate in some of those activities that I had to really kind of focus on training my body for in a certain degree. I also like to be able to make sure that my muscles are strong because I got a lot of kids that I have to lift. And if I don't have the strong muscles, I can pull out my back or I can just feel like I don't have the energy to help them on the monkey bars. And I also just focus a lot on trying to make sure that internally my sluggish feeling is managed through moderate exercise because I do feel like as a mom, we are always so tired and we also are giving out so much energy that when we participate in gentle movement, we're kind of refueling ourselves and internally strengthening ourselves. So we hope that gives you a few examples of how to strengthen your mom bod that have nothing to do with your body size or shape. Our third benefit is strengthening the mom bonds. So exercise can be really fun and social. Tina, can you give us a few examples of what this would look like? Yes. This is my favorite type of exercise because I am, I love people and I love being outside. So this type of exercise can give you the chance to engage in more social activities, ability to connect with family and friends, and you can be outside at the same time. You can take a break from technology. People, let's do it and go outside. Let's disconnect. So examples can be hiking, taking a dance class, joining a running group, tier, going to a yoga class, going for a swim. If you live in Austin, you can go to Barton Springs and it's super chilly. Um, It could be surfing. It can be a walk. 
around the block with your dog, with your kid. It can be so many different types of things. My personal example with this is I have participated in baby boot camp for years. This is a franchise that is found in a lot of different areas of the country where you can participate in a exercise class with your kid. You bring your stroller, you meet up with some other people, you follow the instructions of the teacher and you are able to talk and take care of your kids and let them play on the playground while you're also strengthening yourself. This has been a great source of friendships for me as well as just the social engagement and also feeling like I'm part of a tribe of moms that's getting stronger and watching each other's kids on the playground. So I highly recommend finding something that you can do with other moms or other peers so that you feel like this is something that you are, have engagement in. I also know it's fun to find friends who want to take walks to the beach with you or who want to take walks around the block with you or finding friends who want to play tennis or play around a golf or something when the kids are in school. There's so many different ways to participate in a movement that will help that mental health component because you're doing it socially and that will also just be a great bonding thing. Tina and I just gave you lots of ideas about how to shift the focus from the dread mill to how to make exercise more of a fun mill. But we wanted you to hear directly from a mom whose exercise journey has shifted from being motivated by body change to finding connection to the outdoors. So please welcome mama and trail runner, Laura Sprout. Today, we are going to be interviewing a fun mom who is going to explain to us a little bit about her personal relationship with movement and exercise to give you guys some great ideas. So welcome to our podcast, Laura. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, thank you. And uh, good morning. Um, I am from Calgary, or just outside Calgary, Alberta in Canada, between Calgary and the beautiful Rocky Mountains. I'm a mom of two kiddos. Um, they are nine and five and um, a business owner. I own my own forest school or co-founded it and I'm also an ambassador for Run Like a Girl. Um, I love running. I love the trails. That's my primary form of movement but I also love just finding other ways such as um, getting into biking and skiing in the winter and anything that can just keep me moving daily. Cool. What's Run, run with the Girls? Run Like a Girl is an organization here in Canada, but has ambassadors and is worldwide um, and just promotes not actually girls, but women mostly um, to live their most authentic, passionate life and sort of breaking all those very similar, breaking all those stereotypes and the um, thoughts of what a runner should be. So it's been a wonderful journey with them. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Cool. And, and what is your business, the forest school you were Yeah, saying? I have Growing Roots Forest School. So we're a preschool, outdoor, completely outdoor preschool for uh, kids three to five years old. Um, we're also run a business Fine. school age part. It's amazing. And remember, we live in Canada. It's chilly up here. <laughs> so we uh, have the kids outside and moving for their whole two and a half hours that they're with us. And so I think that my movement comes right from that source as well, just being outside in nature and and that play based um, right from the, an early age. So I get to, I get to do it daily. <laughs> Tell our listeners a little bit about your relationship with exercise and movement or what got you into kind of where you are today. 
Um, for sure. Like many people, I came first to running to lose weight um, after leaving a really stressful job and uh, need to get my, my health overall back. It was of much stress relief as anything. And that's where my health um, started improving through running. And then I found the trails and fell in love with the trails. And it's funny how everything goes out the window once you're sort of running on the, on the trails. <laughs> um, you're not, you're not worried as much about pace and time and, and all that. So um, I found them in like 2009, had a couple kids and then really got that running became my focus um, and started training for my first 50 K, which was a big deal. It went, yeah, I went from, I think my daughter was only two when I had did my first 50 game. So it, it was wonderful, but it really brought in that um, running. And I was able to articulate to my coach, it was about running to go see cool places. The, the, 50, the having a race at the end was just a way of uh, measuring it for everybody else. So me going in training meant something to other people almost because I just want to run cool places in the mountains. It's such a good point because I think that a lot of people tend to hold on to, oh, you did a 50K or whatever, but like as yeah. the person doing it, you're, it, it is a totally different experience. It's, it's like, well, I, I wasn't even doing it for the race. It's, did you see where I was running? That was awesome. <laughs> I know. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I pick all my races or all my runs based on where they are. That's and awesome. the community And the community that surrounds them. So if it's got a really cool community vibe, then I'll choose them as well but it has a lot to do with location I don't do ones on my home turf where I can run them any day <laughs> so what inspires you to get out on the trails and run and celebrate what your body can do uh, a lot of it I'm my sort of mantra or reflection on all is connection I like to connect to myself out there connect to nature and then connect to others I love um, running with with groups or with friends, but as much as I also love running by myself. Um, so that's a big inspiration is just seeing again, as I mentioned, those cool places, the connection, um, but also the challenge of improvement. I'm not going to like totally poo poo really the joy because it is a lot about um, improving myself. And again, I think in more ways than just the physical improvement, um, but just challenging myself to do something I didn't think I could do, which has a lot again with mental health as much as it does with um, physical health. Right. So I'm going to come back to the very first statement that you said, like maybe it was initially weight focused. And so Rachel and I are health at every size practitioners, and we really believe in not promoting weight loss. So if that was your initial motivation where are you sitting with that today and how did you heal that or are you in the process or yeah tell us a little bit more for sure i it's definitely not why i do it it's, weight loss is definitely not why i run um and i do other physical activities often so my running improves but again it's not about weight loss it's for, i'm trying to think at the point where did it switch um i think it might have been in that training for the my 50k. I had a really good conversation with my coach where I mentioned something offhandedly about weight loss. And he said, Well, is that what's motivating you? And I could very clearly define that it was not what was motivating me. Um, and he said, Good, because if it is, then your training and your motivation for your training is going to be completely different than it is to train for this race otherwise. And I think that opportunity to say it out loud or I don't think I said it loud, I think it was in typing, but that opportunity to articulate it really then sort of flipped that switch um, very clearly. 
uh, knew it would be a byproduct when you're training that much, but it wasn't why I ran. Um, was a big part there. And even before that, um, I think, again, I think as soon as I found the trails, um, because it came so much into just being out there in nature, um, where pace doesn't matter and how fast you're going doesn't matter, um, where strength matters um, and all those things. I, I think that was another turning point, but definitely articulating it through my, my coach at the time um, really helped. My question for that is like, if you, because I really love movement. I'm a trail runner myself, but as a new mom, I have a 14 month old. I've had to put trail running on pause because I don't really know how to bring a 14 month old on the trail. They haven't invented that yet. Um, <laughs> so, but when I was trail running, it's like a celebration to, to really show what my body can do. And it, it, it is very therapeutic for me to connect to my body. And so it's never been about weight for me personally, but for those mamas that are trying to build a better relationship with exercise outside of their body, outside of weight, what feedback would you give to them that's not running specific? For me, it's find something you're passionate about. Find a way of movement that you just are passionate about. Um, and then you're able to connect to it, I think, to, through heart and through joy. Um, I really am a strong believer in seeking the joy in everything you do. Um, and I think that for me, like I'm starting to take up new sports. I'm starting to BMX with my kids and I'm like, <laughs> it's such, it's so opposite of trail running, but I am so like, so passionate about it right now because every time I get on my bike, some, I learn something new. I'm this 42 year old lady at the bike park with all the little guy, boys, but like, there's something about it that I am like obsessed and I want to be on my bike all the time, but, it, and it just makes me smile. Um, and so I think it's finding those things because that definitely isn't about anything but the joy of movement and the joy of learning. So, so I think that's, that's a big one. I love that too. Cause it's about, it's about challenging yourself to try new things and to find new ways to have fun and to embrace adventure. I think, especially as moms, we kind of get stuck in our routines. So I like how that's kind of a fun mental and physical challenge that is just all about increasing joy and fun. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Totally. Yeah. And like thinking about your son and like how much that has to be totally rad that his mom <laughs> is out there BMXing with him, you know, and it, it makes me sad for other moms or parents that would let their weight or body or other distorted motivations for exercise get in the way of that, you know. And so if we, I like what you said, like tap into what makes you happy and brings joy, because when you can do that, then you like truly experience it. And like, that's something, that's something that you and him will be able to hold on to forever. That's so awesome. Hey listeners, Tina here. I hope you have been enjoying this episode discussing shifting the focus with exercise. I'm going to share with you a little more info on Run Like a Girl. Run Like a Girl was founded in August of 2012 and has evolved into a global community of people who are choosing to live life to the fullest through overcoming challenges, pushing their limits, and encouraging others to do the same. 
They have grown together as a community and are redefining what it means to, quote unquote, run like a girl. Their mission is to create opportunities through adventure to challenge people and help them achieve personal growth. Run Like a Girl hosts and creates adventures and wellness trips across the globe, local and virtual races that are dedicated to raising funds and awareness for organizations in their communities over the past six years. They also have an online store that is focused on getting you out the door for fun, safe and successful adventures. Run Like a Girl has an amazing team of ambassadors that spans over eight countries. You can check out their team, trips, events, and online stores at www.runlikeagirl.ca. You can also find them on Facebook at Run Like a Girl. Join their Run Like a Girl Global Community Facebook page. Follow them on Instagram at runlikeagirl underscore ca or follow them on Twitter at runlikeagirl underscore ca. So this week, we have partnered with Run Like a Girl to do a giveaway over our social media pages. You can find us on Instagram at Mom Jeans the Podcast or join our Facebook group, Mom Jeans the Podcast, to find out details about the giveaway. But hurry, the giveaway launches the day after the podcast episode drops and is only open for six days. This week's giveaway, Courtney Burt, the founder of Run Like a Girl, graciously has donated a $50 gift card to one of our listeners. So make sure to check it out. Okay, back to our episode. So once you're able to articulate that weight loss was not a motivator, I'm curious how you then, what you replaced it with. Like, how did you start keeping adventure and fun at the forefront of your motivation? I think to do that, I really, it was just about um, planning, Um, planning for the fun, which seems kind of odd, but like planning to make sure that I'm going out to places that are new to me that are an adventure are a place I haven't seen um, and putting that in the focus. It's not like for me, the treadmill is definitely like the treadmill, like that doesn't put adventure or fun (laughs) into running for me. And so I will do whatever it is, even if those who are coaching me (laughs) disagree, like to be outside, because that is why I run. It is my why. Um, So I think staying connected to that why is a big way of um, putting the adventure and fun into it um seeking out other people to do it with i had created my own run group here in town when again the run group that currently was in town wasn't meeting my needs um i had a few offhand comments made to me i was like this isn't why i'm running i'm not running to be like made fun of every run um so i created one and it was based around my child's nursing schedule so we ran later at night because there were all the other run groups were at 6 30. And so it was all during that crazy time at home. So we ran it, didn't run till 7.30 because I had to finish nursing and put my kid to bed before we went out to run. And we were a lot of young moms. Now we're all, our kids are like five and six, but at the time we were a lot of new moms. Um, and so having that in common, um, and then now we run from the pub, and, from the brewery, and we go and have a drink after. Love it. Because that again, is why we're running we're running for the social reason we're not running to pb well some people are running to pb but you're not running we're not there for coaching we're not there for self-improvement we're there just to run create a community um and have those um meet those people and eventually like some of those people will reconnect and go and run some by themselves or um i try and get um 
when in season get some Saturday mornings when it works to go out and hit the trails together. But yeah, it's really about having those people and then yeah, planning for cool places to run. Um, and the other one is having, is having goals that aren't necessarily races. Um, I've had a few last year, my two biggest accomplishments is I went to Costa Rica on a trail running retreat, which I was really nervous about. Cause again, part of that body image, am I going to be fast enough? Who's actually going was, was hard because you're a week in the mountains running. We ran eight, like 80 K that week. Um, but it was amazing. And then my other, we did a trip to a fast backing trip to Mount Assiniboine, which is one of the highest peaks in the area. And it was myself and two girlfriends and we flew in our, our extra gear because there's a big lodge up there, but we stayed at the little cabins. And that was by far one of the best two days of, of running that I had all season. And again, it was just for, for the fun of it. And it, we didn't hurt. My friends are funny. They had done, um, a 50k relay earlier in the summer and they said they couldn't walk for like three days after and she's like we just did 30k and i could feel like i could keep going because there was no pressure on time there was no pressure to not like stop and take all the photos it was totally just for the joy of moving in the mountains well so what are your favorite ways to move your body outside of running as a family i would say yeah as a family um Right now, like winter time, it's skiing. We down, we downhill ski, um, kind of split up, move. The joy is that you end up at the lunch at the same time. But downhill skiing, um, we've been doing a lot more skating this year. We got to do some wild skating out on mountain lakes, which was really cool. Um, being in nature, I think, is something that for us is just it doesn't have to be anything big. We're just going for uh, for a walk or getting out on the trails, just getting on our bikes, moving around town. Um, playgrounds are still just a fun place to destination bike to the playground would be big ones. And then now BMX has become a whole family thing. Um, Cause my daughter five is going to start. She was really nervous last year. She didn't do it. And then she got on the track at the end of the season and was, was awesome. So she's looking forward to uh, getting a bike too. And then my husband was like, well, if you're all biking, <laughs> I need to get a bike too. <laughs> so that's going to become our family thing, which is awesome. I think it's really fun uh, to come back together that way. Uh, your family sounds awesome. Can I come join and be a part of it? <laughs> Can you adopt me? Yeah. My one last quick question would be like, who are some of the people who inspire you and who you look up to? For sure. Well, I think like so many, uh, the Myrna Vader, uh, Myrna, I'm going to get her last name wrong. So in front of me, Valero, uh, is definitely someone who I look up to, um, my co my first coach, uh, Ian McNairn, he's a North Face athlete, but he was my camper when he was 16. So it's really cool to, uh, we reversed roles. He became my mentor and he still is my mentor in that he's one of those people who just gets out and moves and tries so many things. He doesn't put himself into the box of ultra runner and this is what I do. He just loves to move in the mountains. Um, so that really inspires me all the time to try new, um, new activities. Um, and then I'd say like Courtney, um, who owns run like a girl, like what she's doing with that and how she's really, uh, embracing that all women need to be out there moving and living an authentic life, I think is someone else also just really motivates me and, uh, keeps me going. Great. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and in case they want to, yeah, for sure. Yeah, on Instagram, I'm um, Sprout Adventure. 
um, is where to find me. My business, uh, Growing Roots Kids, is on there too, if you want to follow along what we're doing outside with kiddos. My local run group is Let's Run Cochrane. I love it. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, Laura. And check out her social media accounts at Sprout Adventure. My heart broke when she shared her piece about people in her running circles making negative comments about her body, but it's a great example about the obstacles we face when we try to shift the focus and find our why for movement. Our culture gives out many skewed messages about exercise that we want to share with you now. Our culture is filled with diets and weight stigma, which makes it really challenging to figure out how to have a healthy and solid relationship with exercise. So I honestly can go on a massive tangent here, but I won't because we only have so much time to talk. But I want to remind all of you that there is nothing wrong with you or your body. There is something massively wrong with our culture. So what am I talking about? I'm going to focus on a show which... Honestly, I even hate saying the name out loud, but I'm going to focus on The Biggest Loser. This is a show that takes someone that struggles with food and their body, puts them on live TV, and forces them to engage in, honestly, a dangerous amount of food restriction, unrealistic and dangerous amounts of exercise, and then weighs them in front of everybody. If that doesn't immediately make you cringe, let's talk. There are so many problems with this show, but the main point that I wanted to focus on is how unrealistic and really dangerous it is. No one that has a solid and peaceful relationship with exercise can exercise the actual amount that they're recommending, nor honestly should we. So this amount of exercise isn't helping these individuals learn a long-term and joyful skill. Instead, They are teaching these individuals how to use exercise as a compensatory behavior. And then when they can't keep up with it, they shame them for that. Luckily, the show isn't even on anymore. So, you know, who wiped that sweat from my brow? However, this show has become our culture's norm. And it just makes me honestly really sad. It is saying that it's okay to mistreat our bodies in this way. And instead of focusing on what is really going on, we just focus on weight loss and that will fix everything. I think that the bigger picture here and the one that really should be the biggest loser is our diet culture and the diet BS it is fed. But that's honestly a whole nother episode. Hey everyone. So I wanted to add in a little disclaimer after um, Rachel and I recorded this episode and I said that The Biggest Loser isn't on TV anymore. I saw that they actually are making or made or whatever season 16 and it is possibly going to come back on the air. Yikes. So Rachel and I are linking a petition in the show notes that you can sign to boycott um, The Biggest Loser for coming back on the air. But yeah, I just wanted to correct that, that it is possibly, there is a season 16. So, okay, back to the episode. Another pop culture example has been the recently released Peloton commercial. What's interesting about this commercial is it bothered some people, but not others. In fact, it bothered me, but it didn't really bother Tina all that much. Yeah, I didn't. That's so funny. It bothered me a lot. I don't know. 
Well, right. The part the it, it annoyed me, but it didn't like rub me the wrong way. Like, you know, she was she was a thin human and then exercised and then was still thin after and was like, I feel amazing. And I'm like, right. this is so <clears throat> dumb. And why is the husband right. buying you this? But but I would have loved know. for it to show a more marginalized body still not changing and having an okay yeah. relationship with it and sometimes yeah. walking by it and sometimes getting up early and sometimes not. Like, okay, so here's what my thoughts are on that. It bothered me because I believe there's a fine line between pushing yourself to get up in the morning and exercise early versus when to rest. I think there are phases when we throw our laundry on top of the exercise bike and times we use it. I find that a lifestyle of movement doesn't need to be quite so disciplined that we can find ways to naturally incorporate movement sometimes getting up early and sometimes not without feeling so obligated. And I believe that recent commercial showed a lot of obligatory exercise. So obligated exercise is a sign of diet culture because we feel we must exercise. We could easily want to exercise if we could think of the benefits that we listed above and if we feel free to not exercise if our body needs to rest. The more permission we give ourselves to find movement that we enjoy rather than the feeling of quote unquote have to, the more attuned we are with our body and closer we are to joyful movement. My other issue with the commercial was that it reeked of thin white privilege. Diet culture and commercials like that are elitist. They target women who have the money and societal pressure to look and appear perfect. I'd love for joyful movement to be discussed in all socioeconomic statuses, races, and ethnicities, and available to all people. Joyful movement is a celebration of our bodies, and the Peloton commercial to me was just an ad for more obligatory exercise. Here's a quote by Christy Harrison, who is the author of the new book, The Anti-Diet, and we took this quote from her podcast episode where Evelyn Triboli interviewed her to discuss the book. And it's a fabulous book. Go get it. Um, Hopefully one day we can have her on. But here's the quote. So the wellness lifestyle is sneaky and diet culture in disguise because it's still about the perfectionistic, rarefied, inaccessible version of health that is usually thin, white, cisgendered, able-bodied, young. This picture of health is unattainable for the majority of people, and yet this image is what diet culture is holding out as the idea of health and wellness. Well said. I mean... Okay, hopefully you can see how the diet culture and the cultural narrative about exercise, as well as weight stigma, really affect our ability to have a balanced relationship with movement. The bottom line is that exercising is a beautiful way to strengthen your mind, your body, and your soul. Moving your body strengthens your brain, it strengthens your heart, it increases your energy, and it strengthens your body. But to quote Christy Harrison again, physical activity is not a moral obligation and there's nothing wrong with you if you cannot or do not want to prioritize your health at this point in time. So our takeaway question is this, in order to pinpoint your internal motivation for exercise, we want you all to try answering this question to yourself. If you knew that your body would not change at all based on your exercise, would you still do it and why? Hopefully your answer to that will allow you to really explore your internal motivation and your relationship with movement. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time.
This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LaBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.